Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, September 2nd, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. All right, Ashley, we are heading into a long Labor Day weekend. We will yes. not have an episode. We will not have an episode of Today on Broadway <laughs> on Monday. Instead, Jennifer McHugh and I will drop our latest Some Like It, Papa Wish, Want and Will episode in which we will look at the Emmy Awards that are coming up later in September. Uh, yeah. We will talk about all of the major acting and major production categories, like show categories, uh, and we will tell you what we wish had happened in that category, what we want to happen in that category, and what we think will happen in that category. Fun, fun, fun. Yep, so we are recording that today, Friday, and uh, it will drop in the feed on Monday, so keep an ear out for that. Of course, you can hear it first over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Uh, all right, actually, into the news, we got some... Uh, confirmation of news that was going to happen. Uh, we just didn't know mm-hmm. exactly what it would look like. But yesterday, the Schubert organization announced that on Monday, September 12th, a week from Labor Day, the Court Theater will be officially renamed the James Earl Jones Theater. Yes. And will have an official dedication ceremony that will be an op- opened to invited guests and members of the press. That will include special performances, tours of the renovated theater, and an unveiling of the new marquee. The Court Theater is 110 years old this year year, and it has recently gone uh, undergone a $47 million restoration and expansion uh, yeah. of the building. I remember when we originally talked about this, they talked about extend, expanded dressing rooms and even some rehearsal space, which will be very exciting uh, uh, in, in that regard as well and really make that theater. fix the bathroom situation, if I have anything mean, else. One would hope. One would oh, hope. Oh, God, I hope there's, so. There is no word necessarily if um, – Mufasa will be there himself in person. I uh, he is think so. I mean, he's. I don't know how much he travels anymore. I mean, he's getting up there in age into yeah. his nineties. But uh, but we will see. Uh, not one hundred percent sure whether he'll be there or not. But this is certainly something special to put on your calendars. I'm sure as members of the press will be there. Oh, there will yeah. be lots of great videos, lots of great photos, and I certainly hope that he is able to show up. Oh, totally. And I am absolutely going to go and snap my own picture, at least of the marquee. I hope I get to get inside the theater soon myself. Always exciting. Yeah. Always exciting, especially when a theater has been down for, I mean, what, it's been two and a half years at this point, pre-pandemic. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe even longer than that. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I think so. Because what was the last thing that was in? Lear? Was there something after that? Because there were supposed to be things that went into it. And I don't, yeah, remember, I don't remember if they started previews ahead of the pandemic. But besides that, I mean, always exciting when something has been in renovation for a minute and gets back up. Even more exciting when it gets a new name for someone who is so clearly deserving of having his name on a theater. Yeah, absolutely. The last show that was in there actually ended on January 4th of 2020. It was Uh Darren Brown's Secret, (gasps) Ah, which I really really enjoyed. I liked that. You saw that. Um, of course, the as we've talked about before, the first show that will rechristen the James Earl Jones Theater will be Adrian Kennedy's Ohio State Murders, which will begin performances mm-hmm. on Veterans Day, November 11th of Exciting. this year. All right. In other news, yesterday we got additional casting for the upcoming latest cast 
for the Broadway musical Chicago, in addition to the previously announced Angelica Ross as Roxy Hart, will be the always phenomenal Brandon Victor yes. Dixon taking over as Billy Flynn and Amra Faye Wright doing what I believe is her 574th turn in the show. Uh, she's coming in <laughs> yeah. as Velma Kelly. All three will, resp- uh, will assume their respective roles on September 12th, same day as that dedication. And of course, that runs at the Ambassador Theater. They will take over from the current cast members. Also, one of them who has been in the show at least five bazillion times. Mm-hmm. Char- Charlotte Dambois is currently playing Roxy Hart. Lana Gordon is playing Velma. And Eric Bergen is playing Billy Flynn. Look, I we've talked about this before. It might have been, I feel mm-hmm. like it might have been me and Grace or maybe you and me. I don't remember. I don't know. We've talked I about love- a lot of Chicago casting this yes, year. We have. Uh, well, but, but, yeah. but that's great. Like, normally, yeah. like, they've just, they, a lot of times they just kind of bring in, like, Okay, whatever. That's fine. Great for them. Uh, you know, a lot of recycling. A lot of people. I, you know, always love to hear Charlotte coming back or Bianca totally. Marquin coming back or whatever. But like, they've gone out and like they've really kind of tried to bring in some Broadway greats since, since reopening. They've had Lilius has come back. James and Rowe Iglehart has come in. You've got Eric Bergen in, in here. You've got BVD coming in. It's like okay, like they're actually trying to get some folks in here that can get theater yeah. people to come back, which I love. And I understand because a lot of the the grosses that they put up over the years have been reliant on out-of-town tourists and mm-hmm. even a lot of international tourists. Uh, that isn't nearly doing as well in terms of the numbers coming into New York City. So you have to find ways to get people like you and me to come back to this show. And some of those They're folks, you know, Brandon Victor Dixon, I mean, he's certainly somebody who can do that. And even on the stunt casting side of it with, like, Pamela Anderson and people like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's certainly partially a pandemic effect here of, like, people who haven't necessarily gotten a chance to get back on the stage yet since the shutdown. I mean, Chicago's right there and people are going to always go and see Chicago. So why not? I mean, it's it's an iconic role at this point, so take it. Yeah, and they aren't going to try to lock you into a six month contract. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you want to do two and a half shows and leave in the middle of one? That's fine. Easy, totally cool. Easy. We will do, do that. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be here waiting for you because yeah. we're never going anywhere at this point. Yeah, and we've got two and a half decades worth of uh, alums that can step up for yeah. you in the middle of an ep- <laughs> true, of a performance. True. So. Uh, all right, let's head over to the New York Times, in which uh, <sighs> writer Julia Jacobs has a new profile. Of Broadway leading lady, Leah Michelle, yeah. coming back to Broadway in Funny Girl uh, here in just a couple days. Is that uh, right? Weeks? Days? I thought it was I thought it was a couple of weeks at this point, but Yeah, but well, hmm. days are weeks are made up of days, so wow, that's fine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> this, this is interesting because we've been talking about Leah Michelle coming back to Broadway and starting kind of her return tour with a bunch of gala appearances and performances and all of that stuff. When we started talking about this all the way back in the spring, it was very obvious what was going on. And this was long before rumors of Funny Girl happening, but it was obvious what she was doing. I would have thought that this type of profile was something that would have been done much earlier uh, in that process. Now, to be fair, this profile does not do a whole lot of anything. Right. Um, it is not a big expose on all of Michelle's issues, although to the writer's credit, Julia does talk about a lot of them, including the yeah. the, the 
charges of racism and, and bullying and all of those things. Those are definitely in there. Leah Michelle doesn't avoid talking about those. She does address them, at least through the quotes that we have here. But it doesn't sound like anything super insightful. They feel like very canned answers that her PR yep. team has kind of given her. It's the and apology I, tour answers for sure. Yeah. And, and to be quite honest with you, I don't necessarily fault anybody no. for giving those answers. That is what you pay a PR team for is to, and to be honest with you, it's probably funny girls PR team uh, rather than Leah's personal PR team. But I, I I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, as I've said many times before, I don't really care if she – I mean, I think she should do a public apology, but the, the really important apologies are the ones that she should have done or should be doing behind the scenes. But yeah. uh, it's an interesting read. It's interesting timing. Is I it? understand why the new – well, it's interesting because I thought yeah. it should have been earlier. I, I thought it, this should have been done before the announcement of her going into the show actually happened. But there is one bit of news that did come out of this, and that is that there are uh, a few changes coming to the show when mm-hmm. Leah steps in, including they have uh, added a new song. Um, it, it's called I'd Rather Be Blue Over You that mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand did in the movie. was not the movie. in the yep. It was not in the stage show when Beanie uh, Feldstein or Julie Benko did it. Yeah. Um, it will, will now be in the show with Leah Michelle. Um, and she hopefully did say, Julie will be performing it as well on her off yes, I'm you know, sure on her days. Will. But, I, you know, they didn't make that clear, obviously. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, it, it, I think that is the uh, – I would have to assume that that's the way that that will go. So. Um, but Leah Michelle did say, you know, kind of one thing that at least hinted at the fact that she understands that there is some animosity towards her and some suspicion of her, not only potentially from theater in general, but maybe in the cast. She said, quote, everyone here has been through a lot talking about the beanie stuff and all the rumors. And I just have to come in and be prepared and do a good job and be respectful of the fact that this is their space. I don't personally know anybody who questions Michelle's ability to be prepared um, or to do a good job. Like, I think she's. Incredibly People talented. People think she can't read, which is the thing she also the addresses. Too. Yeah, but but all she addresses, but doesn't actually it doesn't. Deny. Yeah, doesn't. Saying. Yeah, she's like I showed up every day with my lines done. It's like, but can you read? That I mean. That was the whole thing, is that someone else read her her lines yeah. so she can memorize them. I, of course, she can read. I, I think she. I don't, you know, yeah, course, whatever. 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 Uh, just saying. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. I, I think the article is. Probably a miss for both the PR and the New York Times perspective, but uh, it's interesting, I suppose. And also, she does start the role in just a few days on in September 6th. In just a few 6th. days, yes. I looked so it up while right. you were talking. You're correct. Thank you. You're right. very welcome. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, first of all, I think the timing is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with the timing yeah, as, 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 as a week of peace because it continues yes, the hype. But there should people, have been one before. There should have been one already. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You're wrong. Ne- I don't necessarily agree with that. But I mean, different strokes, I guess. The th- I don't, I didn't find it necessarily interesting. And I I think a lot of it, like you said, has to do with like the PR canned answers of it all. I think it was very clear she was trying to not get in 
deep on any of these situations. Yeah. Like she talked, and we kind of talked a little bit about it before we started recording. But there was a point where they start talking about the allegations of racism, and especially the accusations from Samantha Marie Ware, where Leah's like, she said she didn't feel the need to handle things to the media. Which, first of all, that is the point of this. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you you've missed the point of the assignment here, um, which is your apology tour. And if you're going to do it, I guess do it fully. And that's a note to both publicity teams here, both the shows and hers, because, you know, there, this has been years at this point. There have been so many allegations and just anger at the way that she handles people, um, and her colleagues and co-stars and everything. the thing of that, and you had said it when you're talking about, you know, it doesn't really matter if she, or, you know, it does matter, but it doesn't really matter if she, as long as she's addressing things behind the scenes to the people that she needs to. They had kind of addressed in the article that when Leah was cast, Samantha had tweeted something that, you know, Broadway upholds whiteness, which first of all, absolutely correct. Second of all, it sounds like it doesn't, like Leah didn't, yeah, she didn't do, do anything that she needed to do. So it makes it sound like she didn't do anything behind the scenes. And now she is completely dodging anything publicly, which is the thing that she really needs to do right now. Cause she's so publicly, hated for the most part other than her no, fans her. I, I i just i don't understand the point of this other than for it to be show pr not even because it's not pr for her it doesn't say anything new for her she completely dodged anything new when she's really insistent that she's bringing new things to this role and like new lease on life and she's ready to be a leader and blah 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 and she you know accuses uh, everybody of misogyny because of these illiteracy claims and everything else. Uh, but otherwise, it's just like, it's complete PR for the show and nothing else. I'm really disappointed by it, to be honest with you, when I read it, because yeah, it's, like I said, I have it's no, done interesting. Yeah, I have no love loss for Leah Michelle. Like I said, I think she's incredibly talented, but like, this is an opportunity. Like, if you really want to do the right thing, like you do say, you, if you really want to get, yeah. Yeah. If, if it's just even like a self totally, preservation totally, thing. Totally. Like, Cause I really doubt it's a, let me fix my relationships with all these people I heard at this point. Yeah. If she, if it sounds like she's not addressing anything or maybe she did address things and she did it really half acidly. Regardless, the case is still the same. But yeah. I mean, if it's a self preservation thing and you are just blatantly dodging anything that has to do with yeah. trying to fix your image i don't know what the point fake is it. fake Act. it you, fake yeah, it fake it's it. your job just give us something to, to to feel better about because people Girl, i genuinely give us feel like yeah i feel like people want not necessarily just leah michelle because that people might love be a redemption. Before. yeah they love a redemption they want to see people figure it out and if yeah. you give them something i think people would have been much more likely to embrace you that's why i thought it should have happened like in march before all of this happened because let's be honest they knew this was happening back in march like we yeah we of knew. course we knew <laughs> and, and even if it wasn't public like start that apology tour then so that it can be by now people welcoming her with open arms that's why i think like it, it's overdue um but again I've been doing this show for six and a half years yeah. and I've been telling people that I'm available for consultation and, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and all of those things and nobody has called Your me. So are still going up. Regardless. Dude, my rates are free. Just call me and put my name in a playbill. That's all I care about. <laughs> no, Jeez. That's a big task. Anyway. 
I know. Anyway. All right. Real quick. Let's talk about some reviews that recently came out from a really interesting off-Broadway show. This is the New York premiere of Ellen Fitzhugh and Michael John Lacuse's new musical Los Otros, directed by uh, Noah Himmelstein. And it stars – it's a two-hander. It stars the great Luba Mason and Cesar Samoa. It is running through October 8th at ART New York Theaters over on 53rd Street. I'm just going to read you a couple of of little reviews. Reviews. The first one comes from the always wonderful Elizabeth Vincentelli from the New York Times saying, quote, even for someone who, habi- who habitually shies away from demonstrative show tunes, or as his detractors might acidly argue, anything labeled fun, the intimate Los Otros opening at ART New York theaters is more an art song cycle than a musical. It simmers so gently it never reaches a satisfying boil. This sense of a letdown has largely to do with the structure devised by Ellen Fitzhugh, who wrote the book and lyrics. We are led to expect a bigger payoff than the one we end up getting which is compounded by Noah Himmelstein's sober direction. Ouch. Um, Craig J. Horsley from the Times Square Chronicles writes, It is the voices and acting ability of Luba Mason and Cesar Samoa that really make one care about these characters as they grow from childhood to maturity. Carlos, uh, Samoa's character, uh, takes center stage at first as he opens his tail at age 70, who proudly brags about his youthful looks thanks to his cheekbones. He tells his tale starting from when he was only four years old in 1933 as he struggles to survive from a deadly hurricane. His voice and mannerisms turn him into that young child. As he holds tightly to a lone chair on stage which substitute as a bending tree in the high winds, we can see how Mr. Himmelstein will create the various stories with minimal props and scenery. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all I got. A, okay. I'm not a huge Lacusa fan, personally. Yeah, I don't fair. let that... that more legit arty style of musical theater is not my thing normally, but I like Luba and I like uh, Cesar, so uh, hoping for the best for them. All right, a couple other real quick announcements uh, type things before we get you out of here. Yesterday, Playbill announced the return of their three-door outdoor Broadway festival, Curtain Up. It will run in Times Square from September 30th through October 2nd. It is done in collaboration with the Broadway League and the Times Square Alliance. There will be appearances from Norm Lewis, T. Oliver Reed, Conrad Ricamora, Gina Duvall, uh, Morgan James, Corey Mock, uh, and many, many more. Sammy Knoll is directing a uh, an event there as well. There will also be a broadcast uh, of, I believe, the finale on WABC, uh, which is the ABC affiliate in New York. Lots of other things. Great performances. I'm sure we will hear even more. You can get the full um, festival lineup in the show notes. And then finally yesterday... A deadline reported that the iconic graphic novel, A Contract with God, written by the late Will Eisner, is being adapted into a musical. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Will Eisner, he is the goat when it comes to graphic novels. In fact, the award given out to graphic yes, novels indeed. and comic book art is the Eisner, the Eisner Award. award. Yeah. <laughs> no relation to Michael Eisner. No. Just putting that out there, um, which confused me for a while when I first started getting into comic books. But anyway, um, A Contract with God was originally published in 1978, and it consists of four stories chronicling the lives of various New Yorkers, many of them Jewish immigrants. Um, there is a one, two, three, four, five-person songwriting team, including, including Lisa Loeb 
which oh. is very fascinating to me. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, see what happens with That's it. Fun. And if you haven't, if you haven't read a contract with God, head over to your local comic book store and pick it up. There you go. All right, two quick recommendations, and we're running up on 20 minutes, so we'll get out of here really quickly. Um, CBS Morning Show did a profile of the great and the good, Kennedy Kanagawa, the yes. breakout star of Into the Woods. We will have that in the uh, in the show notes. And the first national touring cast of six stopped by the NPR studios in Washington, D.C. to do a Tiny Desk concert. <gasps> oh, it's about, yes. It's about 20 minutes. They do um, a set list of the ex-wives reprise, Heart of Stone, Get Down, Six, um, it's really, really good. This oh, is the tour that's going to be desk. here. I love a Tiny Desk concert. Um, H- Hades Town's one is really good, too. Oh, my God. Seen I, that one. I probably watch it once a week. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. So good. Um, this is the cast that's coming here to Orlando. And the woman who – man, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She is playing uh, the 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 uh, – the, uh, what is it? Oh, the third queen. I can't remember what, what the orders are now anymore. Um, You've seen the show she twice, too. I certainly can't help you. Yeah, I know. It doesn't matter. Um, the, uh, the Jillian Mueller queen. Um, she is from Orlando. I saw her when she was in high school in a production of Carrie the Musical. So very excited to see her on the stage ah. at Dr. Phillips Center for Performing Arts. Uh, she also did, uh, Annie Golden, Bounty Hunter, Off-Broadway as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broadway Bounty Hunter, yeah. Broadway, Broadway Bounty Hunter. That's it. So anyway. Annie, also known as Annie Golden Bounty Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Annie Golden, Broadway Bounty Hunter, though. I think that's what it was. I don't think you're right. <laughs> I don't, I, think I, I don't think so. Wasn't it Annie Golden? She was starring in it, but I don't think her name was in the title of a Joe Iconis show. I'm almost positive it is because she played – if she was playing herself. We're both, we're both Googling right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm too lazy to, honestly. Okay. I'm pretty certain. I, I don't know if the official off-Broadway name was, but it, it originally was called Annie Golden Broadway Bounty Hunter. I'm almost positive of that. Mm, anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. And if her name is not officially in the title, it damn well should be. I right, agree everybody. with that. <laughs> Can't wait to see her again and uh, into the woods, assuming oh, this gets extended yes, into yes, November yes, when I yes, come back to town. Yes. All right, everybody. Um, don't forget to check out our Wish, Want, and Will episode of Sound Like a Pop coming up on Monday, and we'll be back to talk to you then. 